Welcome back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealer, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more. Acres, solutions for every field. I'm Jessica Cootie and very excited to welcome in Bill Bush, the uh, special teams coordinator for Nebraska football. The announcement coming in on Monday, Scott Frost making that announcement, but uh, not new to the role, obviously not new to Nebraska, just back in the role, but you, you uh, settled into a new office office how's the process uh, the transition going for you obviously it's great to be back here uh you know it's a uh, it's such an honor to have a chance to coach here ever and then to have a chance to be here three times uh that that's pretty cool so i'm very humble and very excited about it uh like i said i worked my whole life to get back here and so to have this opportunity is just is just great now we talked about earlier the office moved not great because i'm right at the hub <laughs> of the office right in the middle of everything right where matt davidson's at and Sims and the head coach and everyone like that. So a lot of people stopping by, walking by. So as long as you have some things to do, but uh, it's, it's great to be here. That's awesome. Can you uh, maybe tell us a little bit about the process of when you started having conversations with Coach Frost and, and he wanted to bring back this position, the special teams coordinator, and why you kind of wanted to move into that role too? Well, obviously it's something like that uh, I've done in the past. And so that was, I've been very fortunate to have those opportunities. It's, it's, it's kind of a job that everyone wants to take a giant step back away from. Everyone's kind of like, I really don't want to do that type of thing. Like there's a lot of things that go with it and stuff. So I've always kind of embraced it. I've had some opportunities to work for some great head coaches, uh, had the chance to work for them and do this in the past. So it made things a lot easier. And then obviously like that, I was, uh, I was able to be around the football office this year as a defensive analyst uh, around with Coach Frost right there. I had a very great situation where I could just kind of hang out for a year. I was kind of on sabbatical for a year uh, from uh, from being at LSU, and so I had a lot of opportunities to be around, be around players, see how things are done. And uh, like I said, uh, we all know there's there's been some tough things happen over the last few years and on this past year like that. But I couldn't be more excited to be here. I love the staff. Uh, head coach is doing a great job. How important is it to have that role? You know, I mean, because again, it, we didn't have it last year, but to have somebody designated to being the special teams coordinator? Well, I think it's, I think it's obviously it's very important at that. Cause it's always nice to have someone that they, they look to like, that's the guy. I think that's like anything else, whether it be offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, your position, uh, accountability helps a bunch in that area for us right now. The one thing I'll say is that I was around here last year. I saw what was done and I saw what coach Dawson and the rest of the staff did. And there was some unfortunate situation and work out great, but I know what's good and what's not good. And I know that our staff last year did an incredible job working wise. The results were not what they need to be. We all know that, but I know this right there, that the people that were involved last year, they were outstanding and they worked their tails off and we're going to keep doing the same thing. So when you started in, into coaching, you were, you know, got were a defensive backs coach, you've defensive coordinator and then your first time holding the special teams coordinator title was here at Nebraska you're the first or the second stint I guess how did was there like a certain moment or time throughout maybe playing or coaching that you realized that you know I, I, I that special teams is important and you wanted to kind of really go all in on that and and kind of be dedicated to that uh in the positions I coached at, at defensive backs those guys all play special teams so I was always involved in some aspect of it then my and I was with uh Urban Meyer at Utah. Uh, I was heavily involved, and then I ended up speaking at the coaches' convention on kickoff, and so I got a little more involved in it. But be honest with you, I got hired here at Nebraska. Had no idea. Sat down in my first staff meeting, just talking about what we're going to do, how things are going. Oh, by the way, Bill, glad you're here, and you are the special teams coordinator. <laughs> I'm like, I did not know that. I'm not aware of that. So I had a chance to be like, okay, better get better get pretty bought in real fast, and. Uh, 
you get a bridge both the whole team you get to work with receivers running backs every position with the o-line when it's in protection for the field goal team all the different aspects you get to cross paths them so it also makes it a lot of fun to be on that team because you know everyone some places like I've been around some coaches that coach the running backs or whatever position. I'm like, I really don't know the defensive line. That's not my, my role. In this role, you get a chance to be around everyone. So just really fortunate to have that chance. So when you got into that role, what, what did you kind of immediately learn that what it takes to be successful in, in that third phase in special teams? The thing that, that, that stands out the most is, as I always tell everyone, I say, when you turn on someone's film, I said, and you, and you watch their kickoff team and their field goal block team, that's when you know what kind of day you're in for. And when you see the effort, you, you feel a field, goal, a, a field goal block team and you feel a kickoff team like that. You can just sense them. You feel their, their, their power, their intent. When you see teams that are sloppy, don't try to block a field goal. Take one step and jog off the field. Or their kickoff team is just like they don't, they don't buzz all the way through the end zone, things like that. You know you have advantage. So my first thing out of the gate was we're going to play with effort and high effort it has to happen. The next thing is, is being situational masters. I mean, just in the last, just through the bowl games right there of watching and myself on TV, we picked out 50 teachable moments. There's so many unique things that happen. And so you have to be on top of all those because all of a sudden when they happen, uh, give an example, there's a term called mayday field goal, which means you're gonna run out and have to kick a field goal while the clock's running on the last play of the game. Well, in my 30 whatever plus years of coaching, I've never had to defend one and I've never had to run one, but yet you do it every week mm -hmm. because when you need it, you need it. It's important to know it's coming. Oh, my bad. You don't get a my bad. Everything's fourth down <laughs> on special teams. So you want to be really kind of tied into being situational masters and the kids buy into it because they're really smart and they've always been really smart. And if you're a fraud, they know. And so you got to be able to be ahead of them in that aspect right there to be, so they know that they feel very well pre prepared for every situation they go into. So your, your dad was a high school coach, right? I mean, is that what you always, you always kind of wanted to, you always knew you wanted to get into coaching? Oh yeah. That was always my deal like that to, uh, anything like that from, you know, be around my dad, anything. I, I grew up around him, saw how he, how he treated people, how he taught people. You know, he was here in Nebraska for 40 some years as a head coach and, and, uh, coached all the way up until late seventies, uh, at different things. So that's what I always wanted to be, but I always wanted to be a college coach. And so we, we started that off very early. Uh, you know, one of the first conversations that we had was with my dad had with Frank Solich when I was still in college was about how, we, how can my son get into college? And he was, it was like, well, he should be here as, as a coach's clinic and things. So that got me started. Uh, down that path and then that got me started to what I wanted to do and try to find my way into it like that so I got very fortunate like I said to get hired at uh, UNK which I will always call Kearney State so I was a loafer there uh, to be started there and then kind of an interesting story like I said that they, there was no cell phones back then there was no time to do any of that and so I went down to the to the sports information director that's the only out uh, landline that there was that we had access to use and they probably couldn't track where the calls went so I went down there, made a call to, to Nebraska football, asked for Coach Osborne. Uh, they're very nice. Mary Lynn was the secretary, said, you know, he's not available. Take your name. So I'm thinking nothing of it. I'm not going to talk to him. I'll just keep trying, see if I have a chance. And that. So about an hour later, someone comes down and goes, hey, Bill, uh, Coach Osborne's on the phone for you in the sports information office. And so I ran down there. I had no clue what I was talking about. You know, I'm like 22 years old. So I explained to him what I wanted. I wanted to get into college coaching. I'm coaching here at, at uh, Kearney State. And I'd love to get a chance to uh, – get a chance to, to coach a division one football, be a GA. That's what I wanted. You know, I did it very calmly as coach Osborne would talk and he told me there's no spots available. Don't have anything here. I said, I'm going to be in town tomorrow. I already have my master's degree. I'm going to be in town tomorrow. Can I stop by? Said, yes, you can. You can stop by. 
So I stopped by and uh, just thought, I'll do anything so if I can work for free. And so I worked at the Lincoln Racket Club like early, early in the morning. I'd come and I'd volunteer here free um, uh, all day and then go back. And then I, like I said, I got a, uh, I wanted to go to the games. So George Darlington was the one that would get me in at the home games. And he always had his, everyone knew who George was, and he had his uh, sideline uh, side pass and his uh, press box pass. And he would sneak it to me so I could have that to sneak into the press box to get up because I didn't work here. Uh, so that was always kind of an interesting deal. So end up working there at that, and I'm walking down the hallway one time, and Kevin Steele, uh, longtime great assistant coach everywhere that he's been, was like, do you want to do recruiting? I was helping in recruiting uh, just for free. I said, no, I want to coach. And he goes, goes, come with me. So I just went over to defense and started hanging around with Charlie McBride and Kevin and George Darlington and all those guys right there. And then I said, I, I want to go on the road. And I, I couldn't because I didn't work here. So got a fake uh, – coach's outfit made and then I would drive myself to the games I'd wait for the buses to pull up and I would just slide in line with them and get myself into the stadium like that so uh so then then George would get me to the press box and you know all those things had some long ride homes long drive home after Oklahoma game to drive all the way back by yourself just but uh so that's how I got in and then eventually I said they thought I worked here so they hired me you know so that's how I got on just waltz in like yeah. you own the place right and yeah, nobody asking like yeah. any, yeah. any different yeah. Yeah. right yeah. there's there's a there's a uh, Seinfeld show where Kramer does that where he, all of a sudden he just kind of gets caught up and then all of a sudden he's going to work there and he really didn't work there so very fortunate to have that uh, opportunity to build a workout so very very thankful for all the people here in this state that's awesome what a story um so what was kind of the first when you were on that you uh, then got hired as a graduate assistant and started working here what were some of the things that you really took away from tom osborne and, and learning from him um the biggest thing was like i said how he managed his staff uh he had a very loyal staff that was with him for a long time very few pieces went in and out so i thought that was very very impressive like that and uh it was very clear who the boss was in his own way that he never told you he was the boss so it was just fun how the respect level was and how things were done on a daily basis right there it's the most impressive staff i've ever been around with those guys because no one had their own agenda which means no one was trying to backdoor to be the defensive coordinator no one's trying to get their name here everyone just did their part at extremely high level, and I saw how hard they recruited. I saw how hard they coached, how organized they were. And so I said to get a chance to work for Coach Osborne, I was a GA for a semester with Coach Solich, spent most of my time on defense, and with, with George, who's my obviously my ultimate mentor in, in coaching. And uh, so just to be around that and see it live every day was just so impressive to see right there. And then to see someone do it like Coach Osborne that did it with, you know, on one hand count the time he probably raised his voice, but things were done at a very, very high level. So it was very, very uh, unique situation. It's ironic that you mentioned earlier that you, when they asked you about recruiting, you said, no, I want to coach. But then now people talk about how great of a recruiter you are, that it's just such an asset that you bring to a coaching staff. How has that evolved for you, you know, especially with the times? I mean, you have to stay evolving, right? But how have you kind of stayed on being such a good recruiter and relating to these young high school kids? I've always said that with recruiting for anyone, this isn't me, it's anyone, either they can or can't. So people get caught up with, well, he's not from here. He's not from, he needs to have this, he needs to be from this part like that. That's not true. I've been around really good recruiters that, that recruited from all, all over the place in different areas like that. So the biggest thing that has to happen in recruiting is like that you have to adapt. So I'm older. I can't go through. I, I really don't like, I don't like Twitter. I don't want to do texting. TikTok I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I'm not doing that. You have to. <laughs> you have to adapt to what's going on and what the main thing is. It's still in the recruiting process. To be able to get people to talk to them, they have to like you. So the first thing is to get the person, the recruit, to like you. So when you do text them to call or you're reaching out to them, they always answer the phone. 
then you always have a chance. Then you get a chance to go to the next level, to the next level. So you have to be able to build that part of a relationship with them uh, to be able to get it done. But the biggest thing is to adapt because it has changed so dramatically from when it was like, like my first years out recruiting, I literally just had like a manila folder with numbers written on them on just pen, just ink, whatever. You know, there was no tracking of this, no tracking of that. It was your job just to get good players figured out. And now it's just so much more, you know, digital of all the things you have to monitor to get everything done. And you can't just, just like, I don't do that. You have to do it. And so adapting to be able to, to, to stay up to speed uh, has been a big, big part of it. That's for sure. So when you go about, you know, recruiting young guys to come play here, are you looking at what they could provide to your special teams as well? Oh, absolutely. That's the first thing you want to do is, 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 uh, is make your, get, get your room better in, in every aspect. So you're always looking at that. So I always talk about the thing that stands out the most. I'm, thinking, I'm, I'm like competitive spirit. Like that. So if the competitive spirit is what I look for right away, and if someone says they're competitive, I'll always ask them, prove it to me. So that means how they're competitive, which means if you ask someone that's a three-sport athlete, say he was a state runner-up in wrestling, he won the 200 uh, intermediate hurdles, and then he was uh, all-state in football, that means he's probably pretty competitive. He took one uniform off, got on the next one, and was able to compete. If they're, if they're like they play wide receiver in no other sports, don't play defense, uh, I'm not so sure. So I'm always, you always look at ways to find out how competitive are these kids like that because it gets really hard when you get here. Everyone gets right that. So the guys are super competitive, like they're fine with it. They're like, yep, a little setback today, whatever's like that, I'm fine with it. So find super competitive kids, because you already have to have some form of measurables, your size, all the things that go with it. And then the next thing is don't waste time uh, on academic failures. And some, some people are like, that. they'll talk and talk and talk, and then like that, you have to better know up front where they are academically. I can't take someone uh, to Mike Dawson, and I really like this kid. We go through the whole deal, and he likes it. We get the process is really going that, oh, my bad. He has no chance of qualifying or not a good deal with that. Or he's got some off the field stuff I didn't know about. Don't waste their time. So you have to have be diligent in your background work before it gets to the next phase. What about managing the kicking teams underneath the special teams? Like, how do you go about managing the kickers, the punters, and, and all of those guys? Uh, it, it's, it's always a unique challenge because, uh, they can't go practice. We have a 24 period practice. They can't kick and punt for the whole day. Yet there, there's certain there's certain pitch counts they have to be on for number of kicks, number of punts, number of holds, all the things that they do. So, but everything is detailed out for them in their day, like on 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 the uh, on the practice plan. Every second of what they're doing is planned out. Now, it's not always doing the kicking, punting, and this. There's certain uh, there's certain situational master stuff that we work on. We will dry run some things to be able to get them done. And so, but you have to manage them very good like that, and then always be fair. And also document everything that they do. So there's not a thing that they do if they're beside their early warm-up that's not documented. So everything, every punt, every kick, every snap, every hold is all documented that way. That way you always have a chance to come back to some things to show here's where we're at, here's how to be a pro, do those things. And then we use a lot of, uh, I didn't kick, I didn't punt, a lot, not many people have. So I use a lot of people that are really good. So like 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 right now, like uh, uh, Sam Cook with, uh, with the Ravens, like that. So talk to him all the time. Uh, we're, we're in constant use with him like that to talk about punting. See, he was my punter when I was here the first time as, as special teams coordinator. And then we use local people that are around for us right there like that, like Brett Maher and those guys like that that are, that are around like that to be able to uh, be around uh, to help us like that. So we're always using what's our best resources that's legal that we can use that are available for these guys to be, to be around. It's funny because when I was, you know, reading up about some of the what 
some coaches have said about you throughout your career, detail-oriented always seems to kind of come up, and I can kind of see it already in, in this interview. How did you kind of become someone that is so detail-oriented in, in what you do? I don't know if we became. It's my mom. She's the one. That, yeah, my mom's. Yeah, <laughs> you want to talk about details and production? That, that's, that's Sharon Bush. Like that. So um, you just have to get – it just – I think it's part of just wanting to, to be competitive and win, so like that. You just know when you walk out there, and you always want to be viewed that everything is when you're asked a question, how you can answer it and be done. I also learned at a very young age in the coaching profession, you get asked something that you don't have an answer to. My first response is, not sure I'll research it. And so you don't just throw random things out. You don't guess on things and like that. And it, just, it makes your life just so much easier when your day and your, everything's mapped out. It's just easier than waking up, you know, like, oh, man, I got to get this put together on some stuff. So being detailed is just kind of fun, to be honest with you, like that. And then, like I said, kids see it. They know what, what has to happen with them. So it all works out pretty good. Just a couple more for you. As uh, you know, again, you take over this position and you move into – um, I know the guys will start working out. Some of them are still kind of filing in on campus. But when you start spring ball, how do you go about attacking, implementing kind of what you want to do on special teams? Oh, it's a great question. Uh, you'll, you'll, we'll have a very detail of, of what we'll start with as far as like, and we, which is always going to be done is there's always going to be individual work all throughout the year every, every week. Some people get kind of can get off of that a little bit as the season goes along and they just go not so much into certain drill work. So you always want to have a great mix of team and, and drill work. But we always have a very clear starting point for us right there. So the first thing we start with is kickoff. Like I just talked about, you, you don't have a, you have to have a great kickoff team. There's never in the history of college football has there been a, a great football team without a great kickoff coverage team. So we start with that. Then we always start in the next phase is always punt. And so we have a very clear what we want to get done. So they know when you meet in the, the, when the day starts, objectives of the day, crystal clear of what has to happen, how we get to it. We talk about transition all the time like that. It's like when that horn blows and we're going into this phase. And so it's always, do they know the exact drills they're doing before they get to them? You have zero time to explain a drill in between the time slot you have. That has to all be done in the meeting prior to practice that day. When we do this, we're going to this. We do this, we go to this. Here's the lines that you're in. It's all put up on the deal. These are the lines that you're in. This is where you, where you go to. If you're not sure, if you can't remember what line you're in, it also says there what coach you report to. So if it's like, hey, it's Coach Chenander, if I'm screwed up, I know this. When that horn blows, I know I go to him and I can at least get to the next phase right there. If you're watching teams practice, how they implement special teams right there, you'll know right away if they're pretty well organized and they'll probably have a chance to be pretty darn successful. So in, in addition to just like implementing, you know, the system and, and what you kind of do, the, the personnel that you want to rely on in those situations, is that something that you want to have a good feel for, uh, at, you know, once spring ball is done? Or is it something that will, I mean, obviously it'll continue into the fall, but how do you go about managing which guys you want in certain positions? A uh, big part of that's the assistant coaches. Like that. Now, we're always going to have from a coordinator standpoint, from a head coach where all the conversations are made, who we feel are good at these spots, here's what's going on uh, in, in every single spot. But you have to play your very good players at the best. Sometimes it's not an every rep situation, but you have to have certain guys. If you get into a game, say like that, and, and, and the game's either out of control or there's a lot of scoring going on, sometimes you have to have somebody. So I try to stack people. So if you have a starting linebacker on kickoff, the person behind him is also a starting linebacker. So they could rotate every other kickoff to try to because they're going out there on defense. So you're always looking at those spots. But you have to have your elite players. You have to have starters heavily involved in the depth charts with what they're doing. So then, um, all right, what's next? I mean, you're getting settled into your office. You're greeting people. You're, you're the welcoming committee when they come into the football office. But before you get you know on the field for spring football, what's kind of your process the next couple of months? 
Uh, so like, like right now, obviously, the, the next couple of weeks are our most important thing is we have a couple of weeks on the road for recruiting. So that kind of over, overtakes everything, except for the fact that like I'm lucky to have a, a assistant uh, and, and Coach Connors like that. So we've already met in detail on what exactly our guys are doing now that they're back. And so they already have a very detailed plan. Uh, we cannot be out there with them on some things with what they do on the field, but they have a detail like the kickers, snappers, holders. They have a, exactly what they do on their own every single day. And so that's all documented out for us. So there's no waste of time. You just don't have time to be like, well, we'll catch up on that. We're good. We're good. We'll get it when we get back. No, there's no we're good. So we just have to start faster uh, at that. So we're starting faster. That, that's already going for us right now. So having those small parts implemented right there. Now, we won't be able to get in some group meetings uh, on, on the specifics of kickoff, kickoff, return, punt, until, until we get back from the recruiting part of it. But the individual part and individual work is already being done in that process. And again, kind of a unique perspective for you because you were here already. So it's not like you were completely new going into this position and not know about the personnel and kind of what's been implemented here. How excited are you about, you know, the potential of, of the guys that you've already seen here and, and kind of getting to be able to get to work on implementing what you want to do in the special teams? It is like that. It's mind blowing how much it helps to know. Like just when I walk around and see everybody in the weight room now, and it's that that I know everyone. I've seen them play. I kind of know. I know where they probably need to can be pushed a little bit more. Where they can buy into. I know those that are completely bought in. How they can help bring someone else along. I know their skill set because I've seen it from afar. Wasn't able to coach on the field last year, but I was able to watch what they do and what they do really well. It's a huge advantage to have that knowledge like that. Instead of starting from square one to be able to do it like that. And then also, I think that's also, it's kind of nice when they do all know my name. Like that, when they come back like that, oh, that's, I know that's Coach Bush. I know what we're doing. I know we have some idea about, about what's going on. So I think that's a, a positive for us. Well, Bill Bush, we appreciate your time and um, congratulations. I know uh, fans are excited to have you on board in the special teams coordinator role. Yeah, it's a, it's it's like one of the greatest things ever. You know, like I said, my wife was a uh, cheerleader here and stuff like that. And so obviously she's ecstatic right there. Although when she was a cheerleader here, I was a graduate assistant here and she did not talk to me at that time. So it's, it's been discussed in great detail. So how did you, yeah, how did yeah, you manage yeah, to get yeah, her to talk to yeah, you then? I just, we had to work through a friend. We had to have a plan. It took a little while, but we ended up getting it done like that. So like that. So it, and, and, and like I said, like that, she's an elite person. She can do better than me, so I'm just hoping she stays with me. That's kind of my hope right now. So like that, so. We could fill the whole show with your storytelling. It's <laughs> awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for spending some time with us. Awesome. Thank you. All right. We're going to step aside for a quick break. Buckle up and put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. More Sports Nightly coming up after this.